got that smoker's pre-emphysema. He's always clearing this. I mean, I do it too sometimes, but not to his level. Do they make an inline cough button that you can just yeah. like... Well, oh, yeah. we should definitely get one for him. <laughs> they're they're like fifty bucks a piece. Serious? Yeah. All it does is hit is like mute the audio. <laughs> yes. It's literally you plug it in. Yeah, it's basically in line. We could have them all sitting here. You push the button and you're silenced. Yeah. Fifty bucks a piece. I mean, I here. Yeah. But I'm the only one that has that. <laughs> That's why like big ass shows have them because they have a lot of money yeah. to throw behind their show. It's just, it, it's great because I, when I start coughing, I get to hit my little button and then I'm, uh, I'm out of the mix. <laughs> nobody ever has to be any the wiser. Or if I yawn real loud. Yeah. Nobody <sighs> has to hear it. Nobody. It's funny because when I record with Phil, obviously we're over. Subliminal deception. Sublim- over Skype. Uh, Discord. <laughs> Discord. I don't know what happened. You had to quit using that. And now it seems like Google Hangouts is working amazing. So Google we've been Hangouts. using Hound that, yeah. But I can mute myself then. Oh right. But uh, uh, speaking of coughing, how this all came to my mind was because, um, are you a fan of like PFF? PFF. What's that? Like uh, Pro Football Focus? No, I don't know what that is. Okay, so basically. During the season, they watch every single game, and they use, like, these weird analytics to accurately predict how good a player actually plays. Like, some people look like they're playing really good, but technically they're not playing good. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, it looks, they're making flashy plays, but they're not fundamentally strong. Right, and they give them all a score, right? Uh Like, say, Daniel Hunter, he might not have a lot of sacks for the Vikings, but his like how he affects the game he has a really really high score right and anyway the whole point So they're basically getting mad in analytics but in real life but like apparently gms and shit actually like hire their company wow to like analyze it but anyway what i was thinking so i haven't listened to them in quite a while uh and i was listening to them this week talking about like the free agents or whatever which is coming up in a few weeks and it came to me I kind of felt a little weird where we're literally grading human beings down to a number. Yep. Like, we yeah. don't really think about them. They're strictly a number. And it's like, okay, th- you have a low number, so you're terrible. Like, you're I don't know. You're not going to if- go any. You might as well <laughs> go uh, apply at plumbing school because you're not going to make it in the NFL. Well, their stance is like running backs. Don't ever pay them. Just get cheap ones. Uh-huh. Because they don't. There's Three other, years and out. Yeah, there's like other things that affect the game more than the running back. Yeah. And these motherfuckers are smashing their heads into everybody all the time. It's like, I, I don't know. That's probably the most replaceable part on your football team, yeah. if I were to guess. Because... According to them, them, them and pass rushers, I guess. Okay, yeah. I don't know. It's uh, the way the games evolve. They pass so fast. It's hard for like a pass rush to get them or whatever. But I don't know. It just feels dirty kind of to like break down people on that level. You're just angry because now it is a number value. Before it was a hidden value. that Only a select few people knew. But now it's it's a number and available to the mass. How long before PFF invades like the workplace? What and was you and oh, I it already just... did. It already did. We took uh we took the employment engagement survey. That yeah, was but they part just of it. lied about it. I know. They they just straight lied to the, us. The, the thing that there's like eighty percent happiness value in that company, I don't think so. No. no. I was literally before I came down here, I was listening to this uh podcast about they were talking about toxic workplaces. I'm uh-huh. like, I bet we'll check off every single one. Immediately the first thing he said is like do you go to work just dr- feeling dread and uh, stress and all this? I'm like, yeah, I think so. Every day. <laughs> yeah. Every day as I'm pulling into the parking lot, I'm looking at all the cars. I'm yeah. like, is our boss here? Is anyone here? How Am I going to be in trouble for m- buffing a car bad yesterday mm-hmm. or something? I, uh, I haven't really talked about it, but <clears throat> I've reached my point. I'm like, I'm starting to look on the job market. That's a smart idea. I just... I I can't do it anymore. It hurts. It's, uh, I shouldn't even be this way. Like, I lose sleep over, Mm -hmm. like, sometimes I'll wake up at, like, really early in the morning, just, like, I can't turn my brain off, Mm -hmm. and then I can't go back to sleep. You look like a real miserable cunt from 8 to 4.30 every day. Well, I mean, it comes off that way, but I'm trying to just 
keep ahead of everything. Exactly. You know, it's not that I don't want to be belittled by Yasin and Max every day. Well, <laughs> but it's the perfect excuse to be like, I can't talk to you two dipshits. I got to get the hell out of here. I just fucking, t- I basically, I humor them until I've had enough and then I just tune them out. <laughs> Whether or not there's anything in my headphones or not, I'll just look straight ahead at whatever I'm doing. The, the best part is, is like, you know, when I'm getting ready for lunch or whatever, I go and get all the paint off me or whatever, and I can hear them heckling me, mm-hmm. but I just pretend like they're not even there and mm-hmm. just get, pisses them off even more. It's fantastic. Maxo hates it. He does. Oh, I know he does. It kills him. It I kills know him. it does. And Yasin, uh, yeah, he... And then all he does is talk shit about the podcast and everything. Yeah, so. and the podcast and, like, politics that he doesn't yeah, know I, anything about. I... That's the worst part of the presidential election is like our workplace. It's all that's talked about. And I, I don't really care if I'm being honest. I don't care. I don't care. I, I don't care enough about it. Maybe I should, but I just, I, I, I don't really care enough. I cared last time a lot. Yeah. And the time before and the time before. But that's, uh, now it's just like, it's Pepsi and Coke, baby. <laughs> it's all the same. What was the South Park thing? Like a turd sandwich in a... What was the other one? A douche? I think it's a douche and a, a, douche and a, a sloppy turd douche and a turd sandwich yeah. or something. Hmm. It's good stuff right it's, there. Uh, yeah, it's Pepsi Go. It's uh, Queen said it best, right? Yeah, they did. Have you ever seen the movie? Before I say it, should we even acknowledge that we're missing a plus one here? Oh, uh, shit. Let's, I'll just introduce <laughs> okay, us real let's quick. let's do it. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly... Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me, as always, is an empty chair. <laughs> Just like always. He's a sore throat boy. Yeah. They, That's what he said. I get it. Last, Luckily, it didn't interfere with recording, but I was mm. down and out a few yeah. weeks ago with this. I can say, we, you know, we hang out, the Creeper Real Girls hang out. Yeah. Literally, everybody's sick. Yep. I had like a stomach flu thing. That was about the worst of it. So. And then it just went away. And then it went away. I don't. Maybe it was from some rotten food or something. But I, you know, when you just like your stomach just feels like it's just twisting. Oh yeah, cement mixer in oh, there. I just yeah. You know, it's one of those days. But uh, uh, also sitting across from me is Cody. Hello, hello. Cody. How are you? Oh, I'm fine. How are I, you doing? I'm, I'm doing okay. I, th- I feel like people. Could uh, interpret my work week. Have you been watching uh, Love is Blind? Love? No. On what Netflix. Is it? Please. If you love good cringy TV. I do. I don't know. Is RuPaul's Drag Race yes. cringy? Yeah, okay, yeah. then you'll like this show. There's definitely a lot of times where I have to look away. Basically, the premise is they have all these people and they, they set them on all these dates, but they're not allowed to look at each other, right? Mm. Initially. Mm. And then they have to propose... If they feel strong enough, like, uh, what, emotional connection to this person without seeing them. Propose marriage? Propose marriage. Okay. So then once they propose, then they move on to the next stage where they physically meet each other. For the first time. For the first time. And then they have to get, if they make it, they have to physically get married within like 30 days. So you can about imagine what happens (laughs) once they physically meet each other, even though they liked each other on like a you know personal level, yeah. so it's it's good. It's a good time. So good like, cringe. can they talk on the phone before they meet and stuff, or is it just text based communication? The, imagine like the room we're in right now, yeah, and where that curtain is there on the other side, there'd be somebody who oh. you talk to like that. Oh. So it's like in person, but you can't see each other. Sure. So it's uh it, it's interesting. It's kudos to Netflix. So I'm, I'll give it a run. It. <laughs> Castlevania Season 3 it. also came out. I need today. to watch that. Yeah, me too. I've heard I don't like IGN that much, but they gave it a perfect score. So. 10 out of 10? Yeah. For Season 3? Yeah. Because Season 2 went in some directions that I wasn't sure I was okay with. Dracula got really emo. Yes. He got the whole really cast emo. Did. The whole cast did. Yeah. Alucard was like sitting in a shadow in the first part. He's like, ugh. Well, he's always been edgy, though. <sighs> this from the tiny little excerpt I read, it was a character focused season. Perfect. Versus just hey, we got to kill Dracula and his two little his little gay generals lovers yeah. or whatever. And they the were. lady, 
Uh, was there a lady? Yeah, she was Camilla. Oh, yeah, yeah, the one who wanted to, like, overthrow him or whatever. Yeah. I just remember the one guy who kept, like, whipping himself with a cat of nine tails. Yeah, the black guy? Yeah. yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> He's an interesting cat. That was awesome. I think those two are still alive. Him? Yeah. And his little whatever, the other guy. Because Dracula made him go to the desert, right? Yeah. yeah Back yeah, where he yeah. found him from. And yeah. then uh, the little white guy... What what I don't I only remember the cat of nine tails guy. I don't remember the other guy. The little white guy was like a pet killer. He was liked he pet killing killer? pets and then making them zombie. Pets but they were like wizards. They yeah. weren't like dra- uh, vampires. They were they were um, forge masters or something. I can't remember. Right. They could take dead and make them into Dracula's horde. Okay. So I'm gonna, gonna assume since in Castlevania Dracula can just continuously be put back together. Yeah. I'm assuming he'll make a return. I think you just got to find all his pieces, and then he comes back. I kind of felt bad for him last season, though, because he went insane because they killed his wife. I mean... He was trying to love humans. He was. And they killed the only human that he was trying to love the Mm -hmm. most. You know what? It's how it rolls sometimes. It's how it rolls. And speaking of killing... Oof. We are going to jump in... To the episode. This week is a brutal one. It's going to hurt everybody. Involved. I was going to say, you're going to probably ruin everybody's Sunday. Uh, um, <laughs> Just remember, everyone's heard about it. Everyone's read about it. Everybody mm. knows the case of Junko Ferrada. Yes. Okay. This case was also known as the concrete encased high school girl murder case. That's a mouthful. And... A heartful yes, of despair. Yes, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. You know, when you were you just got here, and I was looking at my phone, I was looking for a movie I have talked about on this show before that I think got its basis from this case because they're very is similar. There is movie. A 2004 film was based on it. Do you know the name of it by chance? I absolutely can tell you that. The one I watched was like Kikoro something something another. I don't know. There was an exploitation film called Joshi Kose Konkurito Zume Zatsujin Jiken. <laughs> well, I got the the concrete part there. Uh, <laughs> See, this episode probably would have been perfect for to have a masonry master here with us, but that is true. Okay, so yes, that's uh, there was that made out of it, and there was also a manga made out of it. Ooh, okay. Yes, a 20-something part episode manga all about it. Ooh, okay. It's, it's kind of really messed up. Yeah. It's kind of really messed up. I, I've learned mangas can be pretty fucking messed up. And it only had got like a 6 out of 10 on animereviewer.com. Okay. I didn't even know that existed, but <laughs> well, knowledge is power. To, I, had to look up, I had to look into everything here. Okay. Everyone, everyone and their mother has covered this. Everyone and their mother knows mm. about this. Mm. I was looking for anything new and exciting I could bring mm. to the table. Hey, somebody who listens to the show probably is going to read that manga, and then they're going to get leave us. A, they're going to tell us about it. Hopefully, on the Instagram. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I want to know. And I don't know why I'm squeaking like a prepubescent <laughs> boy right now. But thank you. <laughs> You're real nervous right now. I am. Furuta Junko was a Japanese high school student who was abducted, tortured, raped, and murdered in the late 1980s by primarily four boys, one of which had been rejected romantically by Furuta in the past. Furuta Junko was born on 18th January 1971 in Masato, Saitama Prefecture. Four months prior to her brutal attack, she had graduated from Yashio Minami High School with honors and worked as a part-time employee at an electronics retailer. Okay, do you know which one? I like to hope it's Super Potato, <laughs> which is... Whoa, is that actually the name of it? That is a real store, and okay. you can buy everything from cameras to retro video games. Does it still exist? Mm-hmm. Really? Okay. It's not as good as it once was, with, like, the nostalgia pop-up, how everybody's looking for retro games now, mm-hmm. and everybody's mm-hmm. super into them. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of uh, blown out, but back in the day, I remember listening to Giant Bombcast, and they would talk about their trips to Super Potato, and they just found the rarest, craziest shit there all for the time. S- for some reason, because it was, you know, late 80s, early 90s, I don't know if Best Buy could reach that far, but I don't know, Circuit City, 
Or I, were they around? I don't know. Maybe not in Japan. <laughs> I know there was one, when I was working for Best Buy, there was one Best Buy, or maybe two, in all of Japan. Really? Yeah. And they were probably selling exorbitant uh, priced items as well. But I wonder if it was a cool novelty for them. They go to, like, the American Best Buy store and be like, ooh. I remember in Chicago it was a big deal because their Best Buy was, like, right on Michigan Avenue in, like, one of the shopping plazas. Mm -hmm. It was really fucking Mm -hmm. stupid. (laughs) It was fucking stupid. It's a Best Buy. Like, come on. It's like those Apple stores now where people line up for days to be the first in the new Apple store because it's made a lot of glass or whatever. Why? Ugh, stop it. If you line up or, like sell yourself for retail Mm. that's awful Mm. like people that get tattoos of brands that's unbelievable (laughs) wait what if someone gets a bumblebutt podcast tattoo then they're my best friend okay so let's uh let's not spit on everybody here (laughs) furuda was incredibly beautiful and adding to her mystique was the fact that she never drank and certainly never smoked at this time in her life she wasn't looking for a serious relationship She was 17, freshly graduated, and entering the working world. She was working on her. Mm. Hiroshi Miyano, on the other hand, was looking for something serious and had been crushing on Furuta hard since their school days. Miyano asked her out on multiple occasions, was rejected, and to make matters worse, the little incel was a low-ranking Yakuza with a violence fetish. How, like, you know more about the Yakuza than I do. What would be considered, like, a low-rank, like... He's just getting his foot his foot in there. Is he like related to a family member? Like, what do you think? So at this point, what he would be doing is hanging around the uh, family office, whatever mm. one he's working for, and doing odd jobs like cleaning it up, making sure it's perfect, <laughs> going so to get he, food for the guys. So he's more or less an intern. He's like for uh, the Yakuza. He's like the early days Chris Maltasanti in Sopranos, <laughs> like a little gopher boy. I was gonna say. Uh, DK from Tokyo Drift. Oh, remember Donkey him? Kong? He's like, my uncle's in the Yakuza, man. Yeah. Watch out. Oh and his God. uncle's like, I fucking hate you. Get out of here. <laughs> you lost to a fucking 1969 Ford Mustang <laughs> with a Toyota engine in it. Get Driven out of by, here. Like yeah. Little Bow Wow or yeah. whatever it was. <laughs> Miyano and his close associate, Nobuharo Minato, zipped around the streets and parks of Masato on their mopeds hmm. with their only intention, admitted to in court, mind you, to rape and rob local women. Ugh. As far as Miano was concerned, when Furuta Junko pedaled by on her way home from the electronics store, he hit a jackpot. There went the girl who thought she was too good to drink, smoke, or be with him. Miano hid in the bushes and sent Minato to kick Furuta off her bicycle and haul ass from the scene. Miano burst out of nowhere and chased after Minato, screaming that he was going to kill him for hurting the girl. As he walked back towards Furuta, he said, That one's crazy. I've been threatened by him with a knife a short time ago. You may still be in danger. Let me walk you home. Okay, I mean, seems nice, but I feel like there's a little deception here. Well, he set Minato up. Ugh, what a dick. He he sent Minato in to kick her off the bike. You know, you know what I've learned in this before we start getting to the really brutal things here, um, I used to think Street Fighter 2 is just pure racist because of all the Asian people riding bikes by in the yeah. background. But apparently, they just love riding bikes. Bicycle culture, man. Maybe we should have a bumblebutt bicycle shop located in Japan. And we'll, China. And China. will branch out. I don't. Is it safe to like have a business in China? I don't know. It's, Not because of the coronavirus, but like... Because of the government. Yeah, because of the rampant corruption. (laughs) And the Chinese murder vans where they'll... Have you heard about those? No. There's like roving execution chambers that are Chinese government vans, and they basically put you in and lethal inject you and throw you out in the street again. I thought thought they stopped doing that after like the... uh, Where they were killing all the female babies. The... I think they're still doing it. I think it's for political dissenters now. Uh, Okay. So they stopped. With the females, the, and now they're going for just political dissent. That goddamn one-child policy. <laughs> yeah, it's... I need to watch that Amazon movie. I haven't watched it. The documentary <sighs> or whatever. So, Miano actually walked her to a warehouse where he dropped the hero pretense and he raped her, saying, Ugh. I was his mate, and we are both Yakuza. If you obey me, I'll spare your life. Let me have sex with you. If you scream, you're dead. 
From there, Miano took her to a hotel, raped her again, and called his friends Joe Ogura and Yasushi Watanabe to brag about it. Ugh. So, I, I, I don't... Is Yakuza, like... I know they're organized crime, obviously, but, like, are they known for being rapists? Or are these guys outliers, kind of? You know, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I feel like, like when you I feel like when you think about I'm not not defending organized crime, but I'm saying like when you think about say like the Italian mob, you don't think about them as rapists. You just think about them as like murderers and thieves, you know what I'm saying? Like So the golden days for the yakuza ended when the Japanese bubble popped in like the late 80s. Mm, okay. That's when there was like a lot of parody with the Italian mafia as far as fancy suits, code of ethics, all that <laughs> okay. stuff. Okay. Nowadays, the Yakuza is dwindling. It's mostly seen for, like, old men. And mm. nowadays, it's mostly, like, street gangs, motorcycle gangs, stuff like that. So over it's there. not nearly as serious as it used to be. It's still as serious. It's just nobody's getting into it. And mm. it's and the people that are are more street gang-like, more really? violent, more barbaric, more, you know, juvenile. My theory was always, like, let's say uh, the Irish Mafia or... <laughs> Irish mob or Italian mafia, they exist, but they've moved into, like, legal robbery mm-hmm. where it's, like, corporations and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Their front and, businesses became yeah. more lucrative than yeah. the... They don't have to kill people and get busted. They can just rip off people legally, kind of. It's so. perfect. Yeah. It's a great fucking... <laughs> Joe Ogura begged Miano not to let her go so they could all have a turn. After all, the group has a history of gang rape and had recently kidnapped and raped another girl, although she was released afterward. Mm, That's not a history you want to have. Around 3 a.m., when the country was mostly asleep, Miano dragged Furuta to a nearby park where Minato, Agura, and Watanabe were all waiting. They explained to her that they knew where she lived due to a piece of paper in her backpack, and that Yakuza would kill her family if she attempted to escape or scream. She was then taken to a house in the Adachi Prefecture, where her tenure in hell would truly begin. So, like you said, the Yakuza still instilled a lot of fear in people because obviously they were using this as a fear tactic against her. And this was right when they were still yeah. on the cutting edge of being like the most powerful. I mean, are they known to just be like the cartel where it's just like family annihilators or is it just... Yes and no. Yeah. Yes and no. Like this is ra- this is like random violence this is yeah. random awful violence i mean obviously from like your first sentence few sentences there clearly this guy is mad that she wouldn't yep. go out with him yep. i mean it's not nothing probably to do with the yakuza besides his behavior yep that's so. just a that's just a code he could put yeah. on and say look how tough i am with yeah. all my yakuza pals so annoying. this house was owned by Minato's parents and it soon became their regular gang hideout the leader asshole's name, as we've already said, is Hiroshi Miyano. Both of his parents were employed. There was always food on the table, but physical abuse in the household led to extreme dysfunction. Miyano started showing his aggressive nature in grade school with the typical stealing, bullying, and vandalism. Hmm. As he became more and more violent at home, his father finally had enough and went to the school for advice. They recommended enrolling him in the judo program, where he fell head over heels with the martial art. Really? So they tried to do this to kind of get his anger out. Mm-hmm. So were you saying he himself was just a violent person or his parents were violent towards him? So there was arguments and physical violence between okay. the mom and dad okay. in the house. And right. I'm sure it might have spilled over, but they like he never said anything about yeah, it in his okay. interviews. Well, clearly the judo was in house. Is judo the one where you like grapple? It's a lot of throws. A lot lot of of throws. It's it's a great martial art, and it's a great way to focus your energy and become, like, help meditate and stuff like that. Now, since you're a Street Fighter player, which character is the throw one? Zangief? Is he the throw boy? Zangief's a wrestler, but yeah, he is. He's a (laughs) command grab character. Um, So, Judo, have you ever played King of Fighters? Mm -mm. None of them? Mm -mm. There's a character in there... Domo, he's huge. He's like a big, tall guy. Okay. And he does all judo. Like, all of his moves are counters. So, like, if you throw a punch and you do the counter, then you'll, like, grab him and throw, throw him. And him? Shit. That's, okay. It's so really nice. He might nice. be a judo boy. He is a judo boy. So, I was thinking with Zangief real quick here, I wish 
it was physically possible to have that beautiful of chest hair. Oh yeah, the like I don't think v. it is. No. Yeah, I don't think it is, but. I wish mine would grow that no. way. And it's longer than the hair on our head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's wonderful. So I'm I'm wondering if he takes like a straightener to it or something. Maybe he had a hair transplant right there. Oh, that's it. That's because he does have like a mohawk, <laughs> Widow's Peak mohawk. So he maybe does. they just took that and put it on his chest. I kind of wish I could pull that off, but I don't think I could. The Widow's Peak Mohawk? Yeah. Yeah. I don't no. have thick enough. You got to have thick hair. Yeah, you got to have like 93-inch biceps or something. <laughs> Things were looking up for Miyano. After three years in judo, his grades and his attitude were improving by leaps and bounds. He was accepted into an accredited judo academy for high school. The training was brutally excruciating, and Miyano was bullied mercilessly, mercilessly by the upperclassmen. He quickly dropped out of the judo program and then out of school entirely to become a Tyler's apprentice. He was pulled away almost immediately by the allure of the open road and the motorcycle gang culture. It didn't last long. Miano quickly racked up several charges, including assault, breaking and entering, and of course theft. He was put on probation under the condition that he returns to his tiling job. He did so, and for a year his boss was nothing but pleased with him. That all changed on his 18th birthday when his father bought him a car. He immediately stopped showing up to work and instead se- started selling knockoff goods for and hanging around the Yakuza. Now, this sounds exactly like Little Bow Wow's character in Tokyo Drift. Was he a tech? Te- was well, he, he, a he sold off knockoff goods. Yeah, he was a techie for the for the <laughs> yeah. for the Yakuza. He sold knockoff uh, yes. shoddy goods. Remember, he's like, I got these fresh Jordans. Not even LeBron can get his hands on these. Fantastic. Is, uh, great. They were talking about LeBron in Tokyo Drift. Yeah, he was. He had the night uh, the Jordans. He's like, LeBron can't even get his hands on these. Wow. So, okay, I'm pretty sure LeBron could have you killed. But yes, okay. <laughs> right now. Uh, I was gonna ask real quick the motorcycle gang. In Japan, I can't imagine they're driving around Harleys like, is this like a moped bike gang? Is no, this it's, like a crotch rocket bike gang, like Kill Bill do, style? They do have like rice burner, uh, <laughs> like rice bike gangs, but they, they also have Harley gangs too. I remember this one time Adam P. told me that rice burners is an offensive term. I think it is. <laughs> probably I think is. it might be. You're thinking of crotch rocket. Yeah. Or that's rice a, bike. Rice bike, yeah. I guess that's even more offensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, around this time, he also began huffing paint thinner. Okay, that's always good. Henry Lee Lucas, Lucas did that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he turned out all right. Yeah, he's fine. The person I would consider second in guilt is Joe Agura, and his origin is most puzzling of all. If you remember him, he's the one that begged Miano not to not to let let go of Furuta so they could all have a turn at her. Yeah. Uh, his parents were separated at birth, and he lived with his mother and sister primarily, spending only two months in total with his father. Agura showed absolutely no signs of criminality until he was almost graduated from high school. During a ski trip, he suffered a complex fracture in his foot, which sidelined him from soccer where he was an all-star. He lost interest in school completely after that, and was expelled in November of 1987. Not to worry... There's always an electrician looking to take a scumbag under his wing as an apprentice. <laughs> Whoa! You're throwing shade at all of them. You know how many unions of electricians there are? You could be strung oh, up hey, tomorrow. Hey, union boys, leave me alone. I didn't mean it. I don't want you to break my kneecaps. Uh, he was still employed when he raped and tortured Furuta. His only criminal offense was driving a motorcycle without a license. Okay, well, technically that is breaking the law. It is. He was on probation. What's interesting is, like, when you when I first heard you talking about, like, an injury, I was totally expecting, like, a head injury. Oh, sure. And then sure. you're like, oh, it's just his foot. Yeah. So if he had a head injury, maybe it explained the change in his personality, but, you know. It was maybe because he, he, just... lost a, he lost out on, like, joining the national. Yeah, I think he was on track to be on the Japan international soccer team. Really? But then that complex fracture in its foot killed the whole thing. Okay. Forever. I mean, I, it's such a weird, weird, sweet. I'm like, maybe he was just one of those people who's just like straight up just, he's, he was just a sociopath or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, or and, maybe. And he funneled all of the energy that would have been violent into soccer. Yeah. But then that got taken away from him. <laughs> if you're like that one movie star soccer, that shit blew my mind on crime and sports that that guy was a oh, soccer player. Yeah. 
He's a badass. I was watching some videos of him. On November 27th, Feruda's worried parents had had enough and called the police. Hmm. A missing persons report was filed, and almost immediately, the four main rapists forced Junko to call home and say that she was fine, she ran away from home and was staying with a friend, and most importantly, please call off the police search. Jesus. I'm, I'm, she was uh, like 16 at this time, correct? 17. 17, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I I know the 90s was a different time, but it's like, that's a lot of red flags right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Minato's parents, the homeowners, began to get suspicious as to why there was always a girl hanging out in one of their rooms. Minato explained to them that she was Miyano's girlfriend, and everyone was scared of the violent, degenerate Miyano. This pretense was dropped entirely when it became clear that Minato's parents weren't going to call the police out of fear of their own son and the fear of Yakuza revenge. Jesus, this sounds like Macaulay Culkin and the good son. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say, like, why are the parents not doing anything? But I guess they're too scared of him, too. They're, like, complicit now. Yeah. Because it's... it's a Yakuza hideout at this point. Mm. Their house is. Minato was a spark plug of violence from day one. His parents worked at the same hospital. His father is a pharmacist and his mother is a nurse. Just like the other assholes, in grade school, Minato was constantly going to the principal's office for bullying and stealing. In middle school, it got worse. His verbal and physical violence intensified to a boiling point. He began running around with an MC, not showing up to school, and not coming home at night. By the time he began high school, he just dropped out instead. Not a good idea. The family home became a gang hideout for the motorcycle club, and the Minato parents lost control completely. Just like Joe Ogura, he was on probation for driving a motorcycle without a permit. After about a year, the MC disbanded, and Minato began doing odd jobs for the Yakuza. Mm, okay, so do they? Do you know if they have cuts like American MCs? Have? Oh, I don't know. Like I kind of want to know if they have cool, awesome little leather vests that they wear. I just think about the Fast and Furious, the original movie, where Johnny, what the hell is his name, Johnny T or something. They're all riding the crotch rockets, and they have, like, the full, like, crotch rocket uh, leathers on. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like the racing bike Yeah, gear? yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they just put, like, their logo on that, maybe? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's not as cool as a cut, but... You know, some of those uh, suits have airbags in them. Really? Yeah, so when you go flying off and hit the ground, the airbags, the airbags will deploy when it realizes you've, like, flown off. God, I, I feel like the damage would be done already, right? If you hit, like, then it goes off. Wouldn't the damage already be done? That's what I mean. When it feels you, like, suddenly shift before you hit the ground, the airbags deploy okay. inside the suit. Uh, but, it, yeah, I mean, I guess it's something. I feel Anything's like your head's better. the most important True. thing. And you, I, I But know. if you can avoid road rash, that would be all yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not cute. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, the descriptions of the abuse, rape, and torture of this poor child are unforgettable. There's no brain bleach that will make you forget this stuff. It sucks. Mm. And proceed with caution. Yeah. Oof. There is debate on whether Junko Furuta's captivity lasted 41 or 44 days. Either way, it was a fucking hell, mm. every one of them. Yeah, it's, it's way too many days. She was kept naked at all times and yeah. was raped every day vaginally and anally. Miyato invited over a hundred men, including friends and low-ranking Yakuza members, to join the assault. In court, it was determined that she was raped in one day by 12 different men. That was her maximum. Jeez. Oh, After rapes, the men were told to urinate on Furuta, and if they couldn't get an erection, she was forced to masturbate in front of them. Ugh. The most regular physical beatings came from a set of golf clubs and by pounding her head on the floor repeatedly. A hot, lit light bulb was forced into her vagina, and the attackers took turns punching her until it exploded internally. She was also raped with iron bars, bottles, scissors, roasting needles, and grilled chicken skewers. Her attackers kept her starving. She was forced to eat live cockroaches and drink her own urine. They started inserting lit fireworks into her orifices, which caused serious burns, and her left nipple was ripped off with a pair of pliers. At one point, they bound her hands and feet and dropped dumbbells on her torso, causing so much internal damage that she lost bowel control completely. They then hung her from the ceiling and used her as a punching bag. Jesus, that is uh, fucking brutal. Ten days into this nightmare, due to the nonstop beatings and rapes, 
Faruda Junko was no longer to breathe through her nose because of the blood pooled in her cavities. Her organs were so damaged that her body was no longer able to accept food and water, and when she tried to drink, she would vomit instantly, which not only kept her more dehydrated, it made her rapist furious, prompting more beatings for soiling the carpets. As the house was a Yakuza hangout, you can imagine there was a lot of drinking and partying going. One night in early December, Junko got to the phone and dialed out to the police. Miyano was able to rip the phone out of her hands and hang it up before Furuto was able to even say a word. The police immediately called back, but Miyano was able to explain it away as just a misdial. This woke the entire house up, and she was immediately beaten and violated by several objects. This is when the burning started in earnest. They began with just burning skin with cigarettes and lighters, and then they started dousing her legs and feet in lighter fluid and setting them ablaze. A large glass bottle of vitamin C drink, the brand name Aronamin C, was shoved in her anus and shattered, causing severe sepsis and heavy bleeding. Furuta collapsed into convulsions, and during his trial, Miano stated they thought she was faking a seizure, so again she was set on fire with lighter fluid to punish her for faking. Because of DNA, some of the invited rapists have been officially identified, including Tetsuo Nakamura and Koichi Ihara, who were charged with rape after their semen was found in and on Furuta's body. Ihara claimed he was bullied into raping Furuta, and after he left, he told his brother about it, who called the police. Two police officers arrive at the Monado house, and when the door is open, they are told of course there's no girl in the house, and they are more than welcome to come in and poke around if they'd like. The two officers smile and walk away, believing that the invitation to search was proof enough that there was no girl being gang-raped in there, and this was all coming from the imagination of a horny young boy. Jesus, and I thought only American cops were incompetent. Her whole, orde- her whole ordeal could have been solved in 16 days, and she may well have recovered from these injuries. After the trial, the two officers were fired and cast out by their community. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you deserve it, dude. Just take that extra effort and walk into the Especially fucking when they, house. when they invite you in. Yeah. Walk in. Yeah, it's... Well, I, mean, I can tell you, in America, nowadays, you invite them in, doesn't matter how lazy they're feeling, they're coming in. Yeah. They'll come in without an invitation or a warrant because (laughs) uh, we live in a police state now. And I can say this. If you got a fake 911 call, I'm pretty sure they're going to come in regardless. Or they're going to come do something. You know what I'm saying? I got lucky at the auction when I hit all the buttons on my phone. And all of a sudden it started. I didn't know. It was in my pocket and my Mm. pants were tight. Mm. And all of a sudden my phone started making like a screaming alarm noise. (laughs) And I was like, what? I looked, it was like, emergency call activated, 911. And they were like, 911, it's your emergency. I was like, I'm so sorry. I don't know what happened. And they were like, oh, just, was it your cell phone? Did you hit all the buttons? Yep. Okay, no problem. So this was a missed call. Yep. Okay, really? have a nice day. Yep. God, I don't, that still seems dangerous because what if you were an attacker or something and they just believed what you said? I think we need to ask Harley about that and next time. We do time, need to ask Harley. Next time we have her on. This, uh... It kind of reminds me, I was watching this movie, it's actually a pretty pretty acclaimed, called P2. Have you ever heard of it? P2. Like Parking Lot 2, Level okay. 2. It's basically, the movie is, it's a corporate worker, she's trying to leave, security guard turns out to be a psychopath who's obsessed with her, hmm. and he can kind of vision. But there's multiple points where she dials 911, cops come... And just like, ooh, everything looks good here. And then just drive off. They like, keep coming to the same... Uh, they came once, and then the second time they don't show up for like 45 minutes afterwards. So Wow. I was just thinking about this, because, you know, I love horror movies. Like, in the end, when they end up usually killing the killer or whatever. Yeah. And in some, it's like literally they chop their head off with an axe or something. Like, I was thinking when the police show up, that makes you look like you executed him if you chopped off the bad guy's head with an axe, right? And you're, like, covered in blood and smiling yeah. because you're so yeah. happy that your killer's dead. Yeah. Doesn't I wouldn't be surprised right. if you get ventilated by the police for <laughs> looking like a fucking madman. Yeah, I, it's not a great look. Uh, you 120-pound you girl cut off this giant man's yeah. head and you're so happy about it? Yeah. I, there was in, uh, I think it was Halloween... Resurrection with Buster Rhymes. Wasn't that H- H2O? Well, H2O, remember Jamie Lee Curse cuts his head off with an axe? Yeah. And then the next one, they find out it was somehow Michael Myers switched costumes with a paramedic. Yeah. She cut off a paramedic's head. Doesn't look real good, Jamie. 
That new one was good, though. Oh, I, I, I really like it. Yeah. A lot of people hate it, but I really like uh, it. I thought it was like, it fit perfectly in what I was looking for. Mm, it's good. I like the first Rob Zombie one, too. I actually did. I need to rewatch. A lot of people hate it. Yeah, because it's a Rob Zombie movie. We're going to, I want, remind me uh, on Bumbles. I mm. want to, I watched the brand new Pet Cemetery, and I have some. Oh, my God. I have okay, some, we I can have talk some about opinions it. Yeah, about we can it. talk about okay, it. Okay, go ahead. After 20 days, Junko would continually tell her captors to just kill me and get it over with. Her pleas were answered with more torture. Severe leg burns, shattered bones, and bad bruises left her unable to walk, while ripped out fingernails and powdered hands prevented her from handling anything. Why did, what, what powder? Like, her bones were turned into powder. Oh, jeez, this is one of the worst things I've ever heard of. Uh, yes. Since it was winter, the rapist made Faruda sleep on the balcony and forced her inside of a locked freezer for several of her waking hours. Around this point, she lost the ability to urinate due to internal organ and vulva damage. It took her over an hour to crawl roughly 70 feet to the bathroom, and at this point, her eardrums were ruptured and her brain size had reduced drastically. Reduced? I figured from, like, the beatings it would swell. Swell. Huh. Interesting. The rapist no longer found her sexually appealing due to her drastically altered appearance. The brutalities left her face so swollen that you could hardly make out her cheeks from her nose. Her body was severely crippled, giving off a rotting smell that made the boys wretch. So they kidnapped and gang-raped a 19-year-old woman who, like Faruda, was on her way home from work. Holy shit. See, I've never heard this part of it. Damn. These guys are fucked. According to court testimony, on January 4th, 1989, Miano challenged her to a game of Mahjong. Somehow... Faruda was able to beat Miano, and this threw the four into a rage. They vented their frustration first by javelin thrusting an iron barbell into her ribs, then by placing short candles on each of her eyelids. The rapist then realized that somehow, amazingly, Faruda could still stand, so they made her stand as they took turns smashing her feet with sledgehammers. She collapsed, convulsing into a stereo, and her attackers covered her entire body in lighter fluid and lit her up. When noxious pus started weeping from her freshly burnt skin, the boys no longer wanted to touch her. They wrapped their hands in plastic bags up to the wrists so they could physically beat her one last time. Oh, gee, Adam, this is one of the most disgusting things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. Like, I was, uh, I was, uh, before you came here, I knew you were going to cover this. I was kind of thinking in my head, I'm like, obviously murder is, like, obviously extremely bad, but this... I think it's like way beyond just murdering. This somebody. is sadism. This is just like, like I feel like all the serial killers I've heard, they don't even do this shit. This is like too this long. is insane. Like I don't honestly, I don't even know how she's lived this long. Like I, I don't. It's I guess a testament to the human spirit, but it's just it's insane. I don't I don't know how. I had heard about this case before mm. on a Reddit thread about like I used to go on these subreddits like what's the worst Wikipedia article you could read and Oof. stuff like that. And this one, and that's where I originally heard of uh old Albert Fish too. Oh really? Oh you heard him on there or saw him on there before like LP, mm-hmm. OTL, or before whatever. Before I was even, like, into true crime podcasts. So, really? Yeah. I remember when you introdu- introduced me to uh, last podcast, you were, Albert Fish was like, you're, you're like, man, you gotta listen to this shit. That and the uh, Toy Box Killer. Yeah, oh. everybody says the Toy Box Killer. That one's I mean, so bad. The I, it's That one's terrible, but I don't know. It seems like these kids are worse. Yeah. Than him. And like, somehow somehow they got 96 other people to go in and beat her and rape her, too. Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know, it's so fucked up. It's weird because I was thinking, you, you this happened in Japan and that this the Futon King guy yeah. did really fucked up things in Japan. Like, what what is it? What's going on over there? Well, you've heard about the people that just, like, show up with knives and start stabbing people too right no like at schools the these middle-aged men they just show up and start stabbing wow i've never heard of that that is fucked up i don't know what's going on man i was gonna say like japanese horror films 
some of the worst you can imagine. So I, I don't know. What's going over on over there in Japan? Let us know, please. Is it because they witnessed the apocalypse twice in one week? That could be. In 1945. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that... I, it was a long time ago. A long time ago, but that's time. the only nuclear weapons used against people it's ever. True, that's true. Oh, They're I, the only test case we, we have. We should consider too. Um, the American Revolution was how long ago, and yes. people here still today think they're fighting the British. I so. saw a "Don't Tread on Me" flag today. Yes, yeah, so today. I guess some maybe people have a tough time letting things go in sometimes. Minnesota. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Don't tread on me. Uh, fuck. After this last beating, she was unresponsive, so the gang gave her one final dose of lighter fluid, litter, tied her ankles so she couldn't escape, and went to a sauna. Reportedly, she made feeble attempts to put the fire out with her hands, but life seemed to slip away from her finally and mercifully. The next morning, Minato's brother called the Yakuza-run florist, where the boys were known to hang out and handle low-ranking Yakuza business, and informed them that Yunko Furuta had died. Terrified of being caught for murder, the four boys wrapped her body in two blankets, shoved her into a suitcase, and taped it closed. Since Miyato was a Tyler's apprentice before he decided to be a shithead, he was able to borrow a cement mixer and pickup truck from his old boss. Next up for the torturers was to find a 55-gallon drum, which they took from a nearby alley where it was being used as a refuse bin. They put Junko's body in the barrel, filled it with concrete bricks and wet concrete, and loaded it into the borrowed truck and headed out to dump it in the sea. On their way, they found an abandoned lot which was almost overflowing with old ovens, refrigerators, washers and dryers, and every other kind of appliance. Sounds like Iowa. <laughs> Just a dump lot. I was going to say, if you said a sinkhole, then yes. <laughs> then you would just see weird sinks I'm not, in the sinkhole. I'm hole. not turning in my grandpa, but when you had an old appliance, car, whatever, park it over by the uh, sinkhole, the earth will take care of it for you. You know what my grandpa said he did once? <laughs> what? My grandpa on my dad's side, he said they stole a motorcycle from a guy <laughs> that was being an asshole to them. And stripped it for all the good parts and threw the rest in the river. So, mm. hey, it whatever works. This Sinkholes, is, rivers. I hope his name rhymes with Rao Check. <laughs> 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 that would be fucking great. <laughs> Mullins, get on that. Yeah, now he's an old peg leg. <laughs> this was to be her final resting place, according to them. They didn't, they didn't even make it to the sea. Ugh. Remember the gang rape of that 19-year-old girl all the way back in December? Yep. Well, on January 23rd, 1989, Miyano and Agura were both arrested for it. Since Japan has different laws than us here in the U.S., there wasn't a 48-hour rule for holding without charging. Over a month later, on March 29th, while they were still in custody, two police officers came to interrogate them because women's underwear were found in their apartment. These... Here's a question, though. I mean, maybe you'll get into it, but it's like, for that torturing, for that long, how is there no evidence in their house? There has to be a shit ton, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, all right. Yes, but they're not going to the uh, Minato house. They were at Miyano and Agura's houses. Okay, all right. Well, at least they're in custody. These two detectives were here to investigate the murder of a mother and her seven-year-old son. That had occurred nine days before the kidnapping of Furuta. Miano didn't know this and automatically assumed Agudo had flipped in the other room about Furuta and said, I am sorry that we killed. He copped to a murder. This confession confused the hell out of the police. But instantly, they put all the pieces together about Junko. The case of the mother and son, on the other hand, was never solved. So these police accidentally backed into... Yep. This horrendous thing that yep. happened. Yep. She was a missing person with zero leads. And uh, they 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 had these guys and started asking questions about this mother and son while they were separated. Mm. And Miano thought straight up that they that Aguda um, dimed on him. Told, I mean, told him everything. Uh, you said they're what? In their... 17, 18. youngins. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch The Wire... Young oh, kids yes. will uh, flip on each other pretty easy. I love the one where they're pulling paper out of that printer. He's like, oof, 
Oof, you're definitely lying. This is a lie detecting machine. Yeah. Here. Like <laughs> yeah. your buddy over there just flipped on you. That's why we're giving him BK. We're giving him a whopper combo. He's like, whoa, whoa, I'll tell you, man, he did it all. That was old Michael B. Jordan, right? Yeah. Was it? He got killed. Was he in that show? Oh yeah. He was uh, he was a little guy. Yeah. Feruta Junko was recovered from the dump site by authorities the following day and could only be identified by her fingerprints. She was already beaten beyond recognition, and two months in a barrel filled with concrete only led to rapid decomposition. Mm -hmm. Yasushi Watanabe, Nubuharo Minato, and Minato's little brother were all arrested on sexual assault and murder charges that day. The first trial took place on July 31, 1989 in Tokyo. Due to Japan's juvenile law, since all four of the assailants were under 18 when the attack took place, their names were hidden from public record. On the other hand, Furuta Junko's identity was strewn all over the newspapers from the second they identified her remains. Really? I I wonder why... I don't know if the law is still like that, but I think... Is, isn't it in America, you can see who committed the crime, but you can't see the underage victim sometimes? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's like the reverse, kind of. <laughs> Interesting. Well, this didn't sit right with the journalists of Shunkan Bunshun magazine. And they dug up and published the names of the four principal rapists, claiming if Feruta didn't have the right to privacy, neither would these animals. You know what? I don't usually agree with journalists, but good fucking job here. <laughs> you know what? Good. Roast these cucks. <laughs> On July 20th, the sentences were passed. All four boys confessed to causing bodily harm resulting in death instead of pleading guilty to outright murder. Miano was seen as the ringleader and given the harshest sentence, 20 years, which is the second highest penalty to life imprisonment. Shio Agura was given eight years in juvie. Minato was given five to seven years. And Watanabe was given five to nine. So are you telling me right now these fuckfaces are probably out of prison? They are all out and have been rearrested and let out and rearrested and let out several times since then for other crimes, including <laughs> assault, rape, battery, theft, and whatever you can Look, think of. Look, I'm going to take this stance. I, I'm kind of on the fence about the death penalty a lot of the times. All four. But, yeah, these, like... And as many of the hundred that you yeah. found semen in, in yeah. this girl. Kill yeah, them, too. Uh, I don't know. For me, personally, I view rape. And, you know, torture added on is, like, worse than murder. Yeah. So it's just like this. This is, like, some of the most horrendous shit I've ever heard in my life. Like, this is just, I don't know. Lenient sentences left a sour taste in everyone's mouth. Furuta's mother reportedly had to be admitted to a mental institution after learning about the torture of her daughter. The Furutas filed a civil suit against the Minatos, whose house it occurred in, and they were forced to sell the house to cover reparations roughly $500,000. Phone calls and letters flooded the Tokyo District Court and the prosecutor's office. The entire ordeal is looked at as an extreme failure of the Japanese juvenile legal system. All of the criminals involved would offend again and be punished and released to offend again. Despite every ounce of pushback and decency from the Japanese public, the killers served their sentences and nothing significant changed in Japanese criminal law. Ugh, God. I can't... I, I don't know. It's... You can't let people like this out. No. And clearly, you can't let them out. No. Because they did the exact same th I mean, not this bad, but I mean, they're still doing deviant acts and criminal acts. So. I agree in rehabilitation. <clears throat> definitely. Yeah. To a point. Yeah. These, I don't believe animals like this can be rehabilitated. No. Like someone, you're a meth head or like it's, I, I don't know, something like that, you know, you can be re rehabilitated, but this... I don't know. This is like think of all the crimes that have ever occurred. This is like one in how many crimes, and this is like the most fucked up shit I've ever heard. You don't see brutality like this. No, uh, no. I mean, m what m most murders are crimes of passion, right? They're yeah. not premeditated. It's not too often I would walk up and say, "I think I'd rather be killed by Jeff Dahmer." Oh like, yeah. yeah, like you know this. I, I don't know. This is just. Oh my god, yeah. Jeff Dahmer would be a dream compared to this, man. <laughs> I I don't know. I I was I didn't I didn't remember the ending, but I was kind of hoping cuz I think Japan still does the death penalty. Yeah. The, and like, in fact, uh, it's terrifying. 
you're kept in solitary confinement for up to like nine years and they never tell you when your <laughs> execution day is. Yeah, it's they, just one morning you wake up and it's like you're being hung today. Didn't they uh, hang that uh, um, Shinri- um Shinrikyo, yeah. Yeah, just like last year, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, it's funny because this story was taking place kind of right when Om Shinrikyo was like in the midst of their chaos. Well, okay, their attack didn't happen until 97, but I think during this time they were still like doing random shit or they were on the attempting. Yeah. So they were on the, the, the first half of Goodfellas, the Scorsese come up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Before everything falls apart (laughs) in there. Chased by helicopters and strung out on cocaine. Hey, what year? I don't remember. What year was the Futon King? He was around this time too, right? Yes. Yes, he sure was. I can't remember off the top of my head, but mm. uh, yeah. I, I don't know. This is just poor girl. It's She didn't do anything to deserve this, obviously. All she, she did just, was graduate with honors and about yeah, to have an awesome career. And turn uh, down some fucking scumbag that couldn't get his wiener wet in yeah. any other way. I mean, it's it's a sad reality that people do sick shit like this. Obviously, most people don't, you know, endure 40 days of torture yeah. for it. Like, brutal torture, but... Uh, An entire length's worth of torture. Yeah. I Like, I, I from all the crimes I've heard, this is probably the worst. And then it's... Uh, do you remember the small town murder where it was like that cult? And they locked oh the guy God, in yeah. the barn and were like sticking stuff up his ass? That one. And it was like his was wife bad. and brother that they yeah. were doing it to him, too, wasn't it? Yeah, that and uh, the anthill kids. Yeah. Oof. I mean, this one is just, I, I it just seems, I, I don't know. What I was kind of wondering, <clears throat> just to keep the uh, ire of uh, questioning here, so all of this information is taken from the boys, right? Right, through trial, yes. Now, her... Her remains were basically found almost unrecognizable. Completely on only by fingerprints. So is there any chance that the boys could be lying to make themselves seem tougher or something or like sicker or more depraved or is just do you think they all like they had multiple confessions and they were separated from each other without knowing what the other one was confessing? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. But they were the the remains. The remains were unidentifiable as far as, like, knowing who that person was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all the evidence was still there. But you mean, like, the burn marks and There's all pictures if yeah. you want to see them. There's a few pictures. I, I'll see if I'm brave enough maybe tonight. Uh, it's the worst. It's yeah. the worst. <laughs> the, there's one picture where it's just the oil drum open and it's uh, it's concrete up to the top and you just see, like, the top of hair out the top of the dried Ugh. concrete. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the most disgusting crime photo I've ever seen. That one where the kid, it was like a, they were playing like a MMO or something. And the one kid ripped off the other kid and then he killed him, chopped him in half. And he was like trying to carry his legs up in the attic. And like the picture's literally him cut in half and like his back, his legs are like half in a garbage bag. It's, uh, it's pretty bad. Uh, well, this is bad. This is probably our worst one. Yeah, so I'm sorry for your Sunday or Monday. I think that's when we get most of our listens, but, uh... It's definitely a departure from our last few. It's, uh, uh, if you, you should look up a picture of the girl. It's just, she looks so sweet. She's, she looks like the exact definition of, like, a chibi, smart, Mm -hmm. little girl, like, a young woman, not little girl. She looks no. like a nice young woman. Yeah, it's just, it's so sad. It's just, people, you know, she doesn't deserve to be treated like this, obviously. So it's just, yeah, this is uh, maybe one of Bumblebutt's darkest episodes. So uh, I figured uh, we got to get our toes a little bit wet <laughs> because episode 100 is coming up right around yep. the bend, isn't it? I'm going to do a quick thing here. I So I'm about halfway through it. And the book's kind of organized, weird, um, but I'm right to the point where he's uh, in custody, and then he's confession- confessing what he did. Okay. And I'm learning a lot of information from quotes from him that people I don't think have really talked about before. So it's really? gonna be, yeah, it's I don't know, it's weird. I I don't know. 
you know, we'll we'll get into Ed when we get there, but uh, it's, Fantastic. it's uh, I think you're going to hear some stuff you probably never heard before. That's so. what I'm looking for. That's yeah, always what I'm so. looking for. Uh, if you know what you're looking for, you can email it to us at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. What's that, Adam? Bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. As always, follow us on Twitter at bumblebuttpod and Facebook and Instagram at bumblebuttpodcast. Of course, we have that big, hot, sexy griddle of a Patreon. Oh, moment. yeah. And... I just started posting people's uh, shirts. shirts that yeah. Uh, yeah. fucking, uh, what's the word? Are wearing them? That got them. <laughs> that got them. All of our Patreon members, they're in the mail now. Every single shirt's in the mail. I think everybody should have them by now except for Pip. Right, because Pip's in uh, uh, yeah. Mordor or <laughs> the Shire. <laughs> uh, yeah, everybody. I was really surprised because... God, this is, I felt like such a dick because we got, I went and picked up all the shirts on Monday. I got them all wrapped up and everything. And then Tuesday went down first thing in the morning, went to the post office. I'm like, okay, I'll beat everybody here. And she's like slowly typing in everyone. And I had like 16 of them (sighs) and I felt like that douche. And then I'm like, okay, I wanted to do a price check because on the wall they have like how much it costs to ship to England it was really high, so I was like, can I just do a price check for this? And then it was a lot lower, And uh, but she's like, you got to fi- fill out this big customs form. Oh, right, right, So right. all the people waiting in line, I was like, oh, my God, they're going to fucking oh. kill me. Oof. But uh, you know what? I got it done, and, uh, yeah, it seems like everybody, most people have gotten them. So. That's great. So that means we're going to be putting up a post pretty soon yes. about how you can get the rest of our inventory. Absolutely. Purchase them. We, uh, uh, maybe I'll just say what we have left and mm. then I'm going to make a post. We'll make a post this week on how you can come to acquire a shirt. Currently we have three mediums, three larges and three extra larges. Now, if you have those sizes and would like to purchase a shirt, we can sell them to you and mail them to you immediately. Pretty much. I would um, say the best way to do it would be yes. to get at you on Instagram yes. or bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. Correct. Um, either one, then we can, I can kind of give you the details or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, if you're interested, reach out on any one and right. we'll, uh, one of us will get back. To yes, you. correct. Uh, my, my main thing was we have those. We can send them right away. Um, people who need different sizes, we're hoping to get a collection. Then we can start another order, mm-hmm. take a few weeks. Then we can get you the size that you need. So We're thinking about doing uh, possibly opening up a little pre-order. So yes, that way we correct. can get, your, get your money in, and then that way we can get the shirts printed. Yeah, the, like you're wearing the shirt right now. Great quality, feels comfy. This I have my is own. what's the what's the brand? This I don't is the, even know. It's the one that it's the more expensive one. It is. It's the, the fancy one that you buy. Or some it shit. feels amazing. Yeah, it's uh, this ain't no Gildan. No you know good. what I mean? And you can feel that the print is gonna last a nice time. This isn't washing off anytime soon. No, it's uh like the the shirt shop that we went through is like they do uh, atmospheres shirts. Really? So they're like really renowned. You know when I win it, maybe I'll, I'll tell the story on Bumbles. All right. It's uh, it's an yeah, interesting Yeah, let's get story. the fuck out of yeah, here. But first it. of all, it's time for the most important part of the show, at least if you ask Cody, the iTunes review. Hell yeah. Someone came through for us with Who a written did? five star. Nah. Uh, I want to apologize in advance, Mrs. Green MS, um, because... We have to read yours on one of the most disgusting episodes oh, we've done, right. but... Right, Mrs. Green MS, okay. Yes, we know who you are. You are uh, our lovely fan, Candace's mother, and she likes the show, too. What? So, yeah, that's what I've heard, the, so thank She you. infected her own mother yeah, with you know us? What? You know what? That's what helps the show. You tell other people about it. doesn't care their age. We don't discriminate. Anybody. Tell all Bring your mothers. In. Yes, please. Says, I love these guys. They kept my interest, and at times, I was so caught up, I had to ask Candy to rewind. And then I'd say, (laughs) what was that again? (laughs) The latest episode had me wanted to do my own research. It was so unbelievable and interesting. Kudos, guys. Oh, we're inspiring the future generation of podcasters. Yes. Candace's mother. That'd be amazing. Please do it. That's fucking great. That's great. Maybe she'll be, what if she was like the next great podcaster? I know we're not. Like, she's the next Howard Stern. She's going to be oh, taking over New York wow. City. <laughs> she's going to be making 
ladies take their tops off and squirt mm. whipped cream all over themselves. Maybe it'll be a little nicer than that. A but, little more uh, PG? Yeah, a little more. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, shit, man. I think that's going to do it for all of us here at the Bumblebutt Podcast. Uh, I've been Adam. That's been Cody. Thank you, Cody. Thank you, Adam. And that's been an empty chair. <laughs> Let uh, me squeak it for him. Do it. Yeah. Now can you breathe real hard into the mic? <laughs> All right, uh, let me cough 80 times. <laughs> All right, everybody, uh, have a nice weekend, unless it's Tuesday. Hmm. Hashtag my baby, save my baby. <laughs> <laughs>